Have you ever experienced something in life where you found yourself thinking, it's not right. It's not fair. On our earthly journey, each and every one of us will experience some negative, challenging, painful, and deeply disappointing realities. Maybe the video or maybe the evening can take you back to situations or circumstances and it's only natural in those times to say it's not right it's not fair I think Jesus ever felt that way see tonight we remember the death of Jesus Christ on a rugged Roman cross At the hands of people who misunderstood who he was and definitely misunderstood his heavenly mission. Though as the Bible says, he was fully God, yet fully man. And on the cross, I'm sure he said, it's not right. It's not fair. There are times and seasons and situations in life where things are just not right. And they're just not fair. Where I think we all can get in trouble is that we expect and want life to go the way we want life to go. And we don't like to face or experience pain, disappointment, rejection, betrayal, abuse, heartache, or the loss of ones that we love. The great truth that I think we can gain from Good Friday, this Good Friday, is suffering can have more benefits than we realize at the time. When we're in the midst of the storm, we're in the midst of the pain, we're in the midst of the betrayal, we're in the midst of the divorce, we're in the midst of the bankruptcy, we're in the midst of deep depression. When we lose a loved one, it doesn't seem to make any sense. How can anything good come from that? You know, as we study the Bible, I think we all come face to face with the reality that in this life we will experience sufferings of all kinds. It's natural in the midst of that to see suffering as an enemy and something we should avoid. But there's enough stories and there's enough truths and there's enough transformation in people's lives to realize that 
even through human suffering. Understanding God's ability to turn bad into good. That something good can come. That God has a better plan than to let us just suffer in this life and the next. The prophet Isaiah wrote these words in regard to Jesus, and it's been classically and traditionally known as the chapter of the suffering servant. The suffering servant. Who has believed our report, Isaiah 53.1, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he will grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is speaking prophetically of Messiah, of Jesus. He's despised and rejected by men. A man of deep sorrows and acquainted with many griefs. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised. And we didn't esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried all of our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and even afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of the people. He was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich of his death. Because he had no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Listen carefully. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Really? He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering of sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. 
because he poured out his soul even to death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressor. The suffering servant. It wasn't right. It wasn't fair. So what did the suffering servant, Jesus, what did he face on Good Friday? What did he face at the cross? I've listed ten. There's more, but I've listed ten that I think it's worthy to note tonight. faced rejection. People who were to love and respect and honor Him didn't. You ever been rejected? Rejected by a mom or a dad? A brother or sister? A close friend? A work associate? Somebody you thought would love you and protect you and guard you and cared about you and got rejected. How about abuse? Jesus emotionally and psychologically and physically had pain inflicted on him. And again, I want to be extremely sensitive to you, but I also want you to be able to tap into, maybe even in your own life, that you have been or are a suffering servant. My heart breaks, but some in here have been abused. Abused emotionally. Maybe abused psychologically. Or in some other form. Betrayal. Face betrayal. Last week we talked about Palm Sunday and people were cutting down palm branches and waving them and throwing them down before the donkey and taking off their clothes and laying them before Jesus and they were crying out, Hosanna! You're the answer! You're the Lord! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Only to find a few days later, they were the ones that said, crucify Him. Have anybody that you've had in your life that you thought they were championing you and on your side only to find things changed and pretty soon they went from talking good about you to Talking negative about you? Abandonment. At the end, most all of his, his disciples and friends turned on him. Ever had anybody turn on you? Might have been a friend. Might have been a family member. Might have been a co-worker. Might have been a boss. Might have been a neighbor. 
heartbreak. And received for his love, he received hatred and mockery. Ever had your heart broken? Confusion. You must have struggled. Is this, is this really the way it's supposed to be? Is this really God's plan? Ever been confused? Thought you were in the right relationship or walking down the right road or in the right job or in the right church or... And then it all turns south and you're going, what? Loneliness. On the cross, even God the Father had to turn away from Jesus. And like we mentioned earlier, his friends and disciples. Deep loneliness set in. We live in a world that's busy and fast-paced. We're always around people and yet... In my work, and even statistically, they say psychologically that we have half of the population that walks around with deep loneliness in their soul. They might not tell anybody. They might not act like it on Sunday morning. But they're lonely. Discouragement. Jesus, the suffering servant on the cross, was low as low could be. That darkness had set in. That dark cloud of depression had become a present reality. Hopelessness. Life was coming to the end and he couldn't do anything about it. Have you ever found yourself hopeless in a relationship, in a job, in a situation that you saw was turning negative and you couldn't do anything about it? Maybe the loss of a dear and precious loved one and you couldn't rescue them from that. Death. The end. His earthly journey was coming to a close. The end. What about you? I hate death. I hate when I've had to be with loved ones that have passed away. I hate it when I've, over the years in ministry, been... With multiple families as they've had to say goodbye to a loved one. Talk about suffering. Jesus suffered. Talk about it wasn't right. It wasn't fair. He came to love and bring goodwill and unity and hope and joy. The cross was the epitome of injustice. 
just wasn't right. And the cross, it just wasn't fair. The point to consider tonight in all of that is there are benefits to suffering. Sure doesn't seem like it in the middle of it. There's a passage in the New Testament written by the great apostle Peter. And he's closing out his his book and his writings and he says this. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. Why why does it have to be in here? I don't like that part of it. Hey, actually, when I heard about Christ, I heard come to Christ and then make your life filled with joy and Hope and happiness and peace, yeah, I'm, I'm signing up. I, that sounds good to me. Somebody forgot to tell me the fine print at the bottom in the Bible. Peter said, after you've suffered a while. Then he gives four descriptions of things that can be benefits that come out of suffering. And I think on Good Friday, when we think about the things that have happened in your life and in my life that aren't right and they're not fair, and guess what? There'll be things in our future that just aren't right and and they won't be fair. And I wish I could say that I'll never have any more suffering on this side. And I wish I could say to you, you won't have any more suffering on this side of your earthly journey. But that's just not reality. That's not true. But what we can learn tonight through all of this is there's four things that Peter says that good can come out of suffering. He says, after you suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There's four opportunities and benefits that can come out of suffering when life is just not right and life is just not fair. First, it's to perfect. Please understand and accept tonight that God has a better and more supreme plan for your life than you do. When you look up the word perfect in the Greek, it means to repair or to restore or to adjust. How many of you know when life's going well and you're getting what you want and you're making a good paycheck and everybody's healthy and happy and life just seems to, man, just be very positive. How many of you know that oftentimes we can inadvertently diminish or deprioritize our relationship with Jesus? (laughs) Life's going well. Man, relationships, jobs going well. I got money in the bank, got a nice house or car. And it's just human nature to go, thanks, Jesus. See you a little bit later. But how many of you know that when trauma and tragedy and heartbreak and suffering comes your way, man, all of a sudden it's like, gosh, Jesus, I need you. I need you so bad. As you well appreciate, part of my job is to be with people 
in the deepest, darkest hours of their journey and the deepest amount of suffering. And even though they say it's not right and it's not fair, they still say, I know I don't have the answers. Help me, God. Help me. So when we suffer, if we could somehow accept that appropriately, one of the benefits is that it can perfect our faith. We can get back in right alignment with He who is Lord and Savior of all. We can get off the detour and get away from the self-interest and we can truly prioritize Him and make Him number one again. Second word there is to establish. How many of you know that faith, if it's never tested, remains weak? It does. But suffering tests our faith. The word here to establish means to confirm and approve. When we suffer, we can trust God that through that suffering, He has a better plan for our lives, then it can strengthen our faith. Again, when everything's going well, our faith isn't tested. It's really not proven. It's really not established. Don't get me wrong. I've known many who in the midst of suffering throw in the towel or want to throw in the towel, and I certainly, certainly understand But if they don't throw in the towel and they keep hanging in there and they keep moving forward, pretty soon their faith is proven. It's strengthened. It's established. And it makes a difference in their life and the life of everyone around them. The third thing that happens is faith is strengthened. Faith is very much like a muscle. When it's utilized, it gets stronger and gets defined. Reality exists that God wants us to have a strong faith. And He knows how we are. And He knows that our faith won't be strengthened if we don't have to use it. And usually, again, we don't have to use it when life's going well. We have to use it when the chips are down, when our heart's broken. When we've been lied about, when we've been betrayed, when our spouse says, I'm done. We lose a loved one unexpectedly, definitely at the wrong time. It's just not right. It's just not fair. And the last is to settle. Far too many of us as human beings have these wild swings of up and down, good and bad, belief and doubt, depending on life circumstances. The word settle here means to have a solid and firm foundation. Suffering really does firm up that foundation. We really begin to understand that He is the rock. You know, the Bible tries to give an illustration of two different people. One that's standing on sand. And the storms and the winds and the waters come. And pretty soon, 
they're not stable anymore. That sound, that sand is shifting and moving, and they're wobbly, and they're not maybe not going to stand up. And then the Bible describes the, another person who's standing on a rock, on a foundation, and those same storms and wind and rain come, but they're firm. And that's what suffering can lead to, is that we really know we're on a firm foundation. Again, I've been with so many countless people who in the midst of trauma and tragedy and suffering, they haven't built their foundation, their faith hasn't grown. And instead of asking God to make good out of the suffering, they're angry and bitter and full of unforgiveness, and then things come and pretty soon forget Jesus. I've also been with countless who've gone through things that I can't even imagine. Trauma and rejection and betrayals, death of children and babies and spouses and parents and but because they grew through their suffering though they were beaten and bruised they hung in there many of those are you who are in this room today because I've been with you And I've watched you. And if I were you, I probably would have thrown in the towel. And you're an inspiration to me. Good Friday really is about the reality that in this life, we're going to experience some things that are just not right. And they're just not fair. But thank God we know that the end of the story, a few days later, what the enemy had meant for evil, God turned for good. What looked so dark became so bright. What was the ending of a horrible day then became the beginning of a new day. As you think back to your life or even where you're at now or maybe even in the future, I hope you'll remember that There was a suffering servant who had things done to him that were just not right. They were just not fair. But that wasn't the end of the story. Good Friday wasn't the end of the story. Easter 
is the reality of the story. Heavenly Father, I just pray for each of us tonight. Obviously, when you gave me this message, I had to think about experience, even feel again. Some things that have happened in my journey that to this day I still say aren't right. And they're not fair. But because of Good Friday, I have hope. So be with these precious friends as they too process through the things that were just not right and are just not fair. 